slides it out for Ekblad. Back to Hoffman, blocked by Polak and Price. Another spectacular stop. Broussard tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Marcel with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the Monday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. So glad you could all join us here today as we talk Islanders playoff hockey. Islanders fall to the Boston Bruins 5-2 to two in game one of their playoff series against Boston. We will break down that game, talk about what game one meant for the series, and of course we will preview game two, which is tonight in Boston as the Islanders look to get even. You need more hockey news, and Locked On NHL is here to fill the gap. It's our daily podcast on everything happening in the league. Subscribe and listen each day for a quick look at the biggest stories and game recaps each day. Subscribe to the Locked On NHL today, wherever you get podcasts. So, the Islanders with a disappointing performance in Game 1. Wasn't a total disaster, but we're going to take a look at this game and sort of explain how I think this game really spells out the challenges that the Islanders will face in this series. And, you know, I I picked the Islanders to win the first series against Pittsburgh, uh, as you know if you listen to this show all the time, and uh, I did not pick them to beat Boston. I I said it would go seven, but I, I just think Boston presents a different kind of challenge for this Islanders team, and I know they can win, but, you know, I'm going to break it all down and explain what challenges the Islanders are facing in the Boston Bruins. All right, if there's something Islanders-related on your mind, you have a question you'd like to ask, a comment you'd like to make, uh, you know, a topic that you'd like us to talk about on the show Feel free to email us at LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. If you leave your name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You could also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest news, notes, and happenings concerning your New York Islanders, and I'm also live tweeting during every Islanders game. So follow me for instant insight and analysis. So, game one. Uh, disappointing performance, obviously. A 5-2 to two loss. And here's the biggest takeaway that I had from game one. The Islanders are essentially facing a team in the Boston Bruins that stylistically plays a very similar uh, type of hockey that the Islanders play. They are a defense-first team. They forecheck aggressively. They try to force you into mistakes and then capitalize on those mistakes. They have and rely on very strong goaltending, and they certainly got that in Game 1 from Tuka Rask on those 
regrettably infrequent occasions when the Islanders got pressure on the Bruins' uh, goal. And realistically, uh, part of the problem, in my mind, uh, is that like the Islanders, Boston prides itself on keeping the opposition away from those high traffic areas in front of the goal, and they did that very well against the Islanders. Here is, however, where the challenge comes in. Boston's top line, the perfection line, Bergeron, Marshawn, and Pasternak. Unfortunately, those three players alone are bigger scoring threats than any player the Islanders have. And we saw it in game one. Pasternak with the hat trick. Uh, Bergeron, two helpers. You know, these guys really put it together offensively. And Marshawn, Bergeron, and Pasternak are going to be a challenge for the Islanders to slow down. And especially in the games that are in Boston, that is not going to be an easy assignment because the Bruins have the last change and they are going to do everything they can to try to keep their top line away from Pelican Pulak on defense and away from probably the uh, Pajot line and maybe even the identity line. Now, the identity line was matched up against the Bruins' top line frequently in Game 1, and uh, it didn't go very well. And it also didn't go very well when the the B&B line was matched up against the Bruins' top line. In fact, it was difficult to find anybody who was really able to skate with those guys. Now, the B&B line has been the most dangerous line for the Islanders throughout the series, uh, throughout the playoffs, but Bovillier, minus three. Bailey and Nelson, minus two in game one. They were victimized by that matchup. Pellick, minus two. Pulak, minus one. Again, uh, the Islanders unable to get the matchups that they wanted and really unable to find an answer for that very effective line. And you look at the shot chart after game one and you can see how many shots the Bruins had from the high danger area versus, I, in fact, I'll go, I'll take it a step further. I think the Bruins had more quality chances on net in game one than the Islanders had total shots. And if you look at it, I think the Islanders maybe had five shots from the high traffic area all game, including one of their two goals uh, in that contest. But the Bruins, so many quality chances from that high traffic area from outside the crease and and extending out to the two face-off circles, it, it was just too much. And, you know, Ilya Sorokin did not play his best game, but at the same time, uh, 
you know, he did not get as much support as the Islanders need to give him in order for him to be ex- to be expected to win games. And, you know, the Islanders allowed 40 shots on goal in this game. 39 of them faced by Sorokin, the last goal, obviously an empty netter. He made 35 saves, but I can't say he was bad, although he gave up a lot of rebounds, but uh, didn't get the job done. But at the end of the day, facing a mirror image of themselves with a line that is more dangerous than any line the Islanders have available to them makes it a very big challenge for the Islanders. And they are going to have to find a way. Barry Trotz is going to have to find a way to slow down that top line or this series could get out of hand in a hurry. All right, when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about the goaltending. That is a major question mark for the Isles heading into game two. We'll talk about that. We'll look ahead to tonight's game. We'll have our Islanders birthday of the day. All that and more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Islanders fans, today's episode is brought to you by Wealthfront. Investing can be complicated, but whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront makes it easy. They have the right tools for every portfolio. There are no manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences that you control. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion worth of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. All you need is $500 to get started. Grow your wealth the easy way and let Wealthfront do the work for you. To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. That's W E A L T H. F-R-O-N-T dot com slash locked on NHL to start growing your savings. Go to wealthfront.com slash locked on NHL and get started today. So two other takeaways from game one that I wanted to discuss. One was special teams. And again, it is an issue for the New York Islanders. And we talked about it when we were previewing the series. And I think it's even more true now They need, the Islanders, need to do better on special teams than they did in Game 1. We talked about how good Boston's special teams are. They were in the top 10, both on the power play, where they were 10th, on the PK, where I believe they were 2nd. And you look at this game, the Islanders had three chances with the man advantage. They did score once. And look very good on that one power play, but on the other two, not so good. Uh, Back to the old struggling, ineffective uh, power play that frustrated fans so often. And then on the penalty kill, Boston, two power play goals in two chances. Now, the Islanders' PK has been pretty darn good all year, but at the end of the day, the Islanders cannot afford to basically give Boston a lot of power play chances and thereby win the game. Now, look, one of those two power play goals was an empty netter, the Taylor Hall goal in the closing minute and a half or so of the contest. Don't know if I would fully count that one, but it is going to be vital for the Islanders to A, 
stay out of the penalty box as much as possible, and B, to kill penalties on those hopefully rare occasions when they do not stay out of the penalty box. And, you know, part of it comes down to physicality, and I I started this show by saying how the Bruins are kind of a mirror image of the Islanders stylistically, and how that's different from Pittsburgh. Well, here's another way that they're different. You can, and the Islanders did, intimidate the Pittsburgh Penguins in several games of that opening round series. You saw Evgeny Malkin and Chris Letang in particular, but some other members of the Penguins as well, get off their game and take foolish penalties because... Guys like Cal Clutterbuck and Matt Martin and Leo Komarov were being physical and getting under their skin and getting them off their game. Well, it's a lot harder to do that to the Boston Bruins. And you look at the hit statistics from Game 1. Islanders did out-hit Boston, but 49 hits for the Islanders, 42 for the Bruins. And, you know, that top line of the Bruins and, and several other lines that Boston has are also very good at playing a physical style. You're not going to get under their skin as easily as you were able to get under the skin of some members of the Penguins. And you got to know that the Bruins, if you play physical with them, they're going to give it right back to you. So, you know, it's going to be a situation where the Islanders have to be uh, smart, not take foolish penalties themselves, and try to, you know, physically wear down the Bruins, but be aware that Boston's going to do the same thing. And one of the things Boston did in Game 1 that we saw, and it was fairly effective, They are trying to wear down Pelik and Pulak, dumping the puck into the corner, making the top-pairing Islanders defensemen chase it down, and then forechecking and body-checking and trying to tire those guys out. And the way that Boston figures it, you've got, you know, those two guys out there for 25, 27 minutes a game, whatever the, the... case ends up being, uh, you're gonna, that's gonna tire them out, and then the physicality of it is gonna tire them out. Pulak was out there for almost 24 minutes in game one, Pelic only 21 minutes and 10 seconds, but at the end of the day, uh, the number of times that those guys had to go back and take hits and chase the puck in their own zone was a problem for the New York Islanders, and, they are going to have to find a way to minimize that physicality against their top defensive pairing and make sure that they are able to get the puck out of the zone smoothly and effectively and get things done. Because at the end of the day, uh, you know, this is this series, let me say this, you know, you may have listened to the first uh, two segments so far, and you may say, hey, you know, I'm all doom and gloom. I'm not. The Islanders can win this series. 
The Islanders, if they win tonight, first of all, they've earned that split that road teams, underdogs, always want in a playoff series. And at the end of the day, you know, the Islanders won the season series against Boston. They won the first five meetings between these two teams. Now, they didn't have Taylor Hall for those meetings, but at the same time, uh, the Islanders are more than capable of beating the Bruins. But it is going to be a different kind of challenge, and that is something that both Barry Trotz and the players are going to have to adjust to. The increased physicality, the top line, and now the second line, which is also extremely effective, and the special teams and the overall team defense, and the stronger goaltending. Because Tuka Rask, unlike Tristan Jarry, Tuka Rask is not going to uh, let in too many soft goals over the course of a game or a series. And the Islanders will be lucky to steal one game if Tuka Rask it doesn't have his A game uh, in this you know best-of-seven series. So... It's going to be more challenging, but that doesn't mean the Islanders can't get it done. And, you know, we'll see what adjustments Barry Trotz makes in Game 2. Now, the lineup, uh, as far as the skaters go, are going to be the same, although Trotz did say Sunday in optional practice that he may juggle the lines a little bit. But the other question, and we'll talk about this after the break, who starts in goal in Game 2? We'll have that. We'll have our Islanders birthday of the day and more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Islander fans, today's episode is also brought to you by your friends at Built Bar. Did you know that Built Bar has nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time flavor? And when they come out, you got to act fast because they do sell out in a hurry. Well, here are some of these nine great flavors. Coconut, cherry, raspberry, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. There literally is something for everyone. My favorite is the salted caramel. That combination of salty and sweet really does it for me all the time. And if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine regular flavors. Most of the bars have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, just four grams of sugar, and only four grams of net carbs. You know, you can head to BuiltBar.com right now. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Once again, that's the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Time now for our Islanders birthday of the day. And uh, since we're going to talk about the Islanders goaltending situation, maybe it's fitting that Today's Islanders' birthday of the day is a goalie. We're one day early, but happy 53rd birthday to former Islanders goalie Jeff Hackett. The Islanders picked him in the second round back in the 1987 draft. And after a good junior's career with the Oshawa Generals, he joined the Islanders during the 88-89 season. Really became a a more permanent member of the Isles in 1990-91. And then... Uh, headed out to San Jose, later Chicago, Montreal, Boston, and Philadelphia. 500 even NHL games for Jeff Hackett. He had a 2.90 goals against average and a save percentage of 902. 26 shutouts in his 
NHL career. We're going to look at one of his better games with the Islanders, October 7th, 1990 at the old Chicago Stadium in Chicago, Islanders and the Blackhawks. Obviously, Jeff Hackett, the goalie for the Isles. Jacques Cloutier was in between the pipes for the Blackhawks. Islanders got on the board first. It was Doug Crossman, his first from Pat LaFontaine and Derek King. That was a power play goal with Stu Grimson, the Grim Reaper, in the box for hooking. Islanders led one to nothing. Then, with Joe Rieke off for interference for the Islanders, UB McDonough got a shorthanded goal, his first of the year. Bill Berg, the only assist, 2 nothing Islanders. Then the Islanders go back on the power play. Mike Hudson was off for tripping, and Pat LaFontaine converted his first of the year. Pat Flatley and Derek King, the helpers. Islanders up big, 3 nothing after one. In the second period, the Islanders increased their lead. Again, Stu Grimson off, this time for roughing. And who scores on the power play? How about David Volek, his first? Pat LaFontaine and Brent Sutter with the assists. Islanders led 4-0. Adam Creighton, a future Islander, had a power play goal to get Chicago on the board late in the period. And then Trent Yawney scored his second of the year from Chris Chelios and Troy Murray early in the third. But it wasn't enough. The Islanders down the Blackhawks 4-2 for Jeff Hackett. 44 saves in this game as the Islanders were outshot 46-22 and still managed to win this hockey game. So a very good performance by our Islanders birthday of the day, Jeff Hackett. 44 saves to earn the win. We wish Jeff Hackett a very happy 53rd birthday. It's actually on Tuesday and many, many happy more. So goaltending. Islanders have a choice. Uh, obviously, Ilya Sorokin did not have his A game in game one against Boston. And the main thing was, I don't think any of the goals that he gave up were particularly soft or easy saves that he blew. But at the same time, one issue that was definitely a problem throughout the game, his rebound control. The Bruins did not even cash in on all of the juicy rebound opportunities that Sorokin gave up. So now here is the dilemma that Barry Trotz faces. Ilya Sorokin played outstanding in the Pittsburgh series, won four games, at least two of them were games the Islanders did not deserve to win, and Sorokin was a huge factor in their victory. In fact, I would say three out of the four games that he won. He was a major factor in that win. But he was shaky against the Bruins. You've got Simeon Varlamov, who had one very good game with a soft goal in Game 2, and a mediocre game in Game 3. Who do you start? Do you go back to the veteran now, or do you stick with Sorokin one more time, but put him on a very short leash so that if he gives up a goal or two early, you can always go back to Varlamov. I would stick with Sorokin one more game. To me, the kid has earned it. He is 25. He's not like 20 or 21. He has big game experience, and he has showed you what he can do. So to me, you stick with Sorokin, giving him 
that chance to show that he can be the number one guy. But I'll tell you this, Varlamov is probably hungry right now. He's been the number one goalie all year. And if Barry Trotz, who tends to, to favor veterans, wants to go with Varley in game two, I would understand that. I would stick with Sorokin. I think he's earned that opportunity. I think that you can roll with him really big uh, if he gets, you know, that confidence back. And I think he will get that confidence back. But uh, tough decision for the Islanders. And I'll tell you this, no matter who is in goal, the Islanders have to A, cut down on the number of shots and quality shots that they allowed, way too many of both of those in game one, and they've got to get a better goaltending performance than they got from Ilya Sorokin in that game, because if you give up all those juicy rebounds to a talented offensive team, guys like Krejci and Hall and Pasternak and Bergeron are going to take advantage of it, and the Islanders will be in trouble. So, Big decision for Barry Trotz. I'd go with Sorokin. I wouldn't be at all surprised, however, if the Islanders end up going the other way and starting uh, Varlamov. But we'll see. It'll be, uh, needless to say, a very interesting decision. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. Again, I'll be live tweeting during the game, and uh, we'll be back. Every new show, Monday through Friday, drops a little after midnight, uh, around 12.25 a.m. So if you're a night owl, you can listen before you go to bed. If you're an early riser, subscribe to the show, and it'll be waiting in your inbox when you wake up in the morning. Either way, please subscribe. If you're enjoying the show, we love having new listeners, and uh, always great to share our love of the New York Islanders. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe, and of course, let's go Islanders.